Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, the podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Right then, for the first time ever in one of these podcasts, we're going to do a stitch back to last time when you were going to tell the story of dropping your brother off at the station in an Ionic 6. Oh, yeah. We ran out of time. So we left it on a cliffhanger that's possibly a bit shit. Anyway, go <laughs> no. ahead. What, what, uh, oh, what good. Uh, after a second when you said <laughs> you need to finish that the story that you haven't, you didn't finish, I thought you meant the one about the teaspoon in the bottom in Germany. No, 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 but, no. Okay, no, okay. No, right, don't so, want to hear that. Um, so, yeah, Ionic 6. Um, I was in up in Cumbria with my bro Greg we just we'd, we'd filmed a, a a double barn find which will come out quite soon actually and uh, or it might have just come out because I can't remember how these timings work and uh, the next morning I was on my way to another barn find but I had to drop him off at a railway station because he was going back home for mm. a good mate's birthday party and he didn't want to miss it and all that so which railway station was this oh, Kendall do you know what um we the the premier inn was in kendall and there was a mm. railway station right next to it but we decided to drop him off at the station which is really close to where i was doing the next barn find which is in oh hang on do you really need to know it's about no because it's about 10 miles away I just—I I, I thought it just sets the scene because I've been to Kendall Station, so it would enable me to. I'm sure some listeners have as well. This enable us this, to picture it, but don't worry, it's not important. This station was one of those proper one-horse town um, railway stations. Uh, okay. R- to to the does point that I, mean you can pull up right outside. Y- yeah, it does. It also means that I totally overshot it. So let me explain how. <laughs> so um, <laughs> because it's we, a ramp, and you have to do a jump to get we, into the car park. We went to bed really quite late, and my brother was knackered, so he he went to bed before anyone had set an alarm and things. I I did the whole like, what time should I set my alarm? Working back from when I need when we need to get gone and when hmm. this and that needs to happen. Anyway. Might have set the alarm a little later, but not too late to allow just a bit of relaxing in the morning. And um, but the thing is, I forgot about my brother's, um, my brother's thirst for a for at least a two stage breakfast. So he, 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 we went downstairs for breakfast, and he had a two stager, which was in case listeners are unaware, it's the I'm going to go cereal, and then I'm definitely going to go full cooked breakfast, and then I might back yeah. it up with some other sort of accessories, breakfast oh. accessories. But this is standard hotel breakfast behaviour, right? I think, well, I don't know. Is it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you have the cereal as an amuse-bouche, and then you go back for something cooked if they're offering it. Well, it's a two-stager. It's stage two mm, breakfast. Yeah. 
yeah, um, yeah. and Greg loves a two-stager. Mm. So, um, oh, Coatby Stephen is the name of the railway station. I just looked it up. Who sound, oh, okay. sounds like, again, sounds like could be, um, I don't know, a commentator for ice hockey. But yes, yeah. Coatby Stephen. It's a very, very yeah. small railway station. I think uh, if he was a commentator for ice hockey, he would uh, call himself Kirkby Steven. Oh, Steven, yeah. St- oh, Steven, yes. <laughs> Kirkby Steven. <laughs> yeah. It's the devils versus the ring pieces. And, uh, <laughs> and so it goes on. It's the O-rings versus <laughs> the Jubilee clips. Okay, let's do this. Um, yeah. So... W- what happened was, is we got into a bit of a breakfasty chat, and then I suddenly realised that we should have already left, really. And <laughs> I, but I did, what I didn't want to do, and I don't know if, if anyone's if anyone's listening to this has got a brother or a sister, and you have that sort of sibling. You've probably got it with your brother. There's a bit of a sibling bickering, which might always be un- underlying a certain situation. Like one of you's more organised than the other. One of you's. I don't know, perhaps a little bit more but clock watcher than the other, et cetera, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So I didn't want to tell Greg, shit, we've, I've screwed this up. And we, so I said, right, we need to go now. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. So we went and got, when it quickly got the bag from the hotel, I'm sharing a twin room with him. And he was like, oh, I might just go for a plop. I went, well, you're going to have to make it a really quick one. Right, come on, let's go. Quick, quick, quick. Come on. Well, post-breakfast, you, you never check out of your room before breakfast. It's a fool's game. Um, you know, when we were filming for Top Gear and the Grand Tour, and be staying in the hotel with the presenters. And so I would often have breakfast with them. Breakfast, use breakfast as a verb. I would often breakfast with them. Breakfast and, with um, them. And then we'd go, all right, okay, better get moving. You know, call time is nine o'clock or whatever. Yeah. And, and then... James May and me would go, I'll just go and get my bags from my room. Yes. And TV's Jeremy Clarkson's always like, why don't you just bring your bags down before you have breakfast? Oh, no. Like, what kind of animal does that? Because if you go back to your room, it means you can brush your teeth. It means you can brush your teeth, exactly. Or it means if you, ha- if you need to use the lav, you've got private lav facilities, which you've exactly. paid for. Exactly. Which yeah, you've yeah, paid yeah. for. And no, no worries. No worries and there at all. And what a bigger... There can be no bigger fuck you to hotel staff than bespoiling your room just before you leave. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't mean with the Thames trout. I mean. Oh, I see. Just go for a quick. Yeah, because you've had a couple of coffees and maybe an orange juice. And exactly. Yes, no, it's a good point. But yeah, every single time we stay in a hotel, we're like right, okay, we better get going. Uh, and then and Jeremy the was like, I can't believe you're Jeremy doing this. going. Just bring your bag down with you when you come for breakfast. <laughs> sounds like Tiff. Maybe it was yes, old. I imagined maybe it was old school <laughs> Top Gear that. rules. Maybe the uh, the original nineties <laughs> Top Gear presenters were like, "You have to maybe. bring the bag down. It's, yeah. it's the law." Oh yeah. If Tony Mason was here, he'd have already put his bag in the car before he came to breakfast. And the car's on choke. Just I, I, yes, I he's left outside. the car while he's on he's his <laughs> while he's on his eighth <laughs> rasher of bacon hurriedly. <laughs> Entirely meat based breakfast <laughs> with the Cortina idling on full choke outside <laughs> so I, I we, we we rush down dive across the road get in the car and i'm really pleased with myself because i fully charged the ionic six um that night uh, there was a charger just around the corner from the um 
from the hotel, although just mm. a 200 meter sprint back from the car park to the, hol- uh, the, the hotel, I got absolutely soaked. You know, we had the kind of monsoon rain that came out of nowhere. And, mm. you know, idiot here was just wearing a T-shirt. And it looked like I dived into a nearby river. When I turned up at the hotel room, my brother was like, have you just been, like, skinny dipping? What on earth have you done? I'm like, no, it's really raining outside. And uh, so he, it, we did that. Got in the car. Drove around mm. the corner. And we saw Kendall Station. And Greg was like, oh, is this the railway station? I went, no, no, this isn't it. <laughs> It's um, it's about it's about it's about ten miles further along. Long story, but it's near, it's near. And uh, and then Greg, I said to I, I did I sort of turned to Greg. He could see I was starting. I said, "Look, I'm going to have to really press on. I think I've screwed up the timings. And if if you look at the sat nav, I've just set it, and it says that we we're going to get there nine minutes after your train goes and I, and I, and I said I don't but know if I can make nine minutes up in like 12 miles no that's a tough target but then also hang on how long was his plop because he has to bear some of the blame for this surely he do you know what he was he was he, he was all right with that he was fairly swift um, I mean, it's not like I was outside the door tapping on it constantly like a little child going, come on, chop, chop, let's get this done. Um, hmm. But uh, so he looked at me and he went, seriously. And I went, listen, Greg, it's my fault. We we, we dilly-dally at breakfast. I just wasn't paying attention to the clock. And he was actually all right with it. He went, you can make that up, though, can't you? You reckon you can make that up? And I went... I don't know if I can make nine minutes up in a really short drive. So anyway, I just said, I did that, I did, I did that kind of film thing of like, I just went, right, hold on, let's try. Nah. <laughs> and I'm not so, I'm proud of it, but I, we had a barn find load of stuff in the boot. This is a saloon called oh. the Ionic 6. So it's all, mm. I had tools, fuel, batteries, what's the worst that could happen? Mm. Um all sorts and I said we're gonna to have to be on this now on these back roads out of Kendall beautiful more roads Cumbrian roads oh mm. well I was on it I was fully on it I was annoyed because on the one hand I was I, I wanted to hypermile so I could get home with loads of miles left at the end of the shoot that day but of course I was squirting it all straight onto the road all the vaults <laughs> I put it in spolt mode and everything I was and even Greg was like, God, this thing's really impressive, isn't it? Went, yeah, yeah, it's good. Anyway, let's do less chat, more drive. Got stuck behind a Tiguan <laughs> and was absolutely seething for about three minutes. I'd, I'd, I'd made up two minutes really early doors and then just lost Ooh. two minutes behind a dilly-dallying Tiguan that was clearly taking photos of the scenery as it was going along. Mm. Managed yeah. to nip round that bad boy. Um, I think Tiff would have been quite impressed with my helmsmanship, actually. So anyway, it says we're coming up to the station, and I have made it up. So it says I am going to get there at exact, honestly, exactly the same time. Uh, nine, 8.48. <clears throat> 8.48. But we're coming around this corner, and I'm going, I, we're still in the middle of nowhere, Greg. I don't get this. We're still in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Greg went, look, there's a railway bridge. It can't be far away from the railway bridge. And I went, I went hot oh, under the railway bridge because it was on the top of a big moorland hill. Yeah, and then dive down the other side, and and my satnav instantly went, "You're there, you're, oh. you're at your destination." And I went, "What?" And I, I went, "Greg, it's there." And he looked back. He went, "The station is just on the bridge. It's just like basically, <laughs> it's a porter cabin on the bridge that you've just gone under at some knots." 
and I had to do a full like hazard warning light emergency stop. I did. I did. I did. There was nowhere to do a Yui. I just had to do one of those Yui's using just the curbs at either side of the road. Meanwhile, there was a, a farmer's uh, pickup truck coming up the hill, hot with a load of sheep in a train. I'm like, I am not getting stuck behind that. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, you know, not on my watch. You know, when the car won't go into R and won't go into D quickly enough with your foot on the brake mm. pedal, you're like, go quick R, quick D, quick R, quick D. <laughs> And I'm, I blat, I blat the I six into this gravel car park, where, where my, I said to Greg, "Why don't you just run up those steps?" He went, "No, you drive around where the taxis go. The taxis are always really close." So I just came in hot to where the ta- the sort of taxi rank U bend is, mm. and uh, and and honestly, we just did it, and my brother was flailing behind him for his like hold all. And the yeah. train came into the station. It just oh. one of those one of those two carriage like really lonely slow trains. Yeah. Was I that could- a clutch slipper? It was a proper clutch slipper, and yeah. and actually, I, I clocked the guy that was um, the guy that was uh, was the train driver had an exceptionally long short sleeve shirt on. Does that make sense? Which bit was long? So you know the arms on a long on a short sleeve shirt are supposed to be over, oh. over the elbow, yeah, above the elbow, above the elbow, above yeah. The elbow. These were not these. Were- these so were, it was a mid, it was a mid sleeve shirt. Yeah, but then I looked at where the, the sort of shoulder line so, sewn joins are, and they were really low. So I think he just he just got given the wrong shirt for his job. Because <laughs> <laughs> I once went into a popular fashionable clothing shop, and I just wanted a white shirt. Just in, a plain in, white shirt. Impossible. And I, there was one on the rack. I took it into the changing room. I tried it on, and it was a mid sleeve. Well, we've all been and caught one of those. Like a, an absolute. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. It made you look like a mid sleeve. It was just. I can't get on with this at all. It's neither here nor there. Does so it? Put it, back. it just looks like, like you say, last minute borrowed clothes because someone vomited on you yeah. and you had to get to work. I I washed only the sleeves of this shirt. A bit too hot, and they've shrunk. The body, fine, but the yeah. sleeves, they, they've become child size. Um, well, answer me this. So, if you had to, would you go sleeveless T-shirt or, or elongated sleeves that sort of no man's land like you've just talked about? Oh, I'd go elongated sleeves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sleeveless shirts, as we've discussed, possibly not the podcast, but certainly in real life. You, you have to have the physique for a sleeveless shirt of any sort. Yes, and I don't have that. They're, I think they're a bit off-putting anyway, even... <laughs> it just, <laughs> off-putting. I don't know. I do they're know just, what you mean. I do know what you, you mean. You just go, uh, no, on men. Like, women, absolutely fine, because I, I think it's... it's Apart from anything else, it's just that sort of... You've got a bit of shoulder hair going on. I don't think <laughs> yeah. anyone wants to see that. No, nobody wants to see that. You're absolutely right. No, women can carry it off. I think the sort of the, the, the frame of a woman, it just suits it better. Unless you're a guy that's... If you're Daniel Craig and you put a sleeveless T-shirt on, you can probably carry yeah. it. They're an aggressive form of clothing, unnecessarily aggressive, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, just, we've gone off track. As, as we, pit. You're seeing too much pit as well. I think that's the thing. Isn't yeah, it? Just, yeah. We've you're, getting, gone, you're getting sight and possibly smell of pit that you don't need. So, yeah. so we've, guys, we've gone off track. Put your bit. sleeves on. So we're in the, yeah, sorry we're, we have. We're, we're in the taxi rank. Greg was flailing behind his over his shoulder to try and get his hold all, but couldn't quite reach. So dived <laughs> out the car. I dived out the car. I'd left it in 
the car's still on. I'd left it in park. Yeah. And it locks the mm. back doors. And we did that whole... Cause, uh, and you know there are those flush door handles that pop out to try and... Yes. So yeah. Greg runs round and can't open the door and just basically bellows at me. I can't open the door. What sort of shit is this? <laughs> a real. He's losing valuable seconds here. Oh, I mean, we. This is Defcon One. It is absolutely mm. on. And I just go no, and I'm running in the running in dive into the centre console. And you know that bit where you cannot see where the bu- yeah. the unlock button is. Oh it's like, yeah, where's it's, the unlock? Uh, it, in an unfamiliar car, when you need it in an emergency, the lock button runs off. Yeah. So. I, I look for it. I give myself maybe two seconds to look. I'm a man. I can't mm. see it. So I, I just logically, I dive between the seats Smash the and just physically <laughs> open the door from the inside, just like a dad would in the 90s. Fast thinking, Smith. I like it. And so my brother my brother grabs the whole door and just winks at me, goes, I can't believe we did that, and runs off. <laughs> and I wave to him like 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 a mother and child as it as the thing slips its clutch out of this very lonely station. <sighs> and honestly, then I have sort of a post-traumatic syndrome. I have to sit in the taxi rank car park for a while while the um while the Ionic six brakes are ticking a little bit, let's just mm. say Regen didn't quite cut it on that journey. <laughs> and uh, although I did have it in, in third setting of Regen, and um, I was like, I can't believe I made that time up. That was amazing. Mm. Um, mm. And and Greg Greg got on the the thing, and all was good. And then I went on to do a really lovely, quite emotional one family from New Barn Fund. Which was nice, and what a day! Yeah, what well, I mean, like, and that was before nine. So I mean, and also I think Greg did text me to say those roads, whilst epic, not great after two breakfasts um, when when you're very late. <laughs> so I don't know if any listeners can relate to the fact you go and you have a heavy hotel breakfast, and then you've got to be on mm. it in a car or a motorbike or even running. You've got to run, and oh, you didn't realise you needed to run. run after a big hotel breakfast, surely. I've run after a massive airport lunch, and then realised that the the um, the gate which I needed to get to was f- much further away. Oh, much further yes. away. And I've I, and again, I've not factored in that sort of extra fifteen minutes, and I can't claw that time back. So I've just done a full sprint, inappropriate shoes, <laughs> smart smart trousers, lots of sweat. Really, just going for it, barging people out the way, trying to preempt. I, it's like the racing line. You're picking the racing line in an airport. Oh yes, where you're trying to yeah. work out people coming up from behind. Are people going to yeah. stray to the left? Are they going to stray to yeah. the right? We don't know. Yeah, you've got to read the read the traffic. You have to read the foot traffic, don't you? I I had this once in Copenhagen. I went to Copenhagen for the weekend. For sure, lovely place, and um, with some mates, and then everyone else had gone home already and for some reason me and one friend stayed till monday and we went for a lovely lunch i think there were quite a, might have been quite a lot of sausage involved but we also had some beers in this nice little nice little bar that we found we were like oh we've got loads of time so oh, we wonderful quite a bit of beer and quite a lot of meaty produce <laughs> sausage and, and beer lunch. i said to my mate what so what time's our flight is it was it it's it's like 3 30 and he went uh yeah i think so hang on let me check and then he just went oh no it it's not it's it's 2 30 and we were like shit 
it's lunchtime already. So straight outside into a cab to the airport, and then we ran through the airport. And I've never felt more like thundering <laughs> in my life. It was horrendous. <laughs> track day. It it can only be likened to the the track day full stomach syndrome. Nobody oh. nobody wants a track yeah, day full stomach. You can't do that. No. Is it? Do we? I could have sworn we had a we had a, a message from somebody about being sick which i don't know why i'm so eager to read it was out, it jimmy it's deville just, jimmy deville's always good at being sick on a track day uh, in a car is he yeah 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 when we were filming very, fifth gear very car sick oh yeah he would technicolor yawn uh, when he went <laughs> out with plato numerous times oh. had to stop the car and properly jettison yeah awful he wasn't wow. proud of it. Did it once in a bag for life, actually, come to think of it. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> poor, these poor bags for life, they're getting misused. They really They are. get a rough ride, don't they? Yeah. That's um, poor thing. Um, now, I was actually, this. Uh, your talk of dropping your brother at the station has just reminded me of something I wanted to talk to you about, I've been meaning to bring up for a few weeks, oh. which is the act of beeping goodbye. Oh, okay. Do you ever do that? Um, so you've already you've already hugged, shook hands, kissed someone goodbye. You've yep. walked out of the house or the building, got into the car, mm. Mm. and then you're driving away doing the look back. Yeah. If in the case of my parents, they always come out to say goodbye. It's very traditional. Yes. Dad, yeah, dad almost walks up the road a little bit as well. <laughs> starts running alongside the car. Yes, yeah, sort of railway children. <laughs> like spec. in a Rocky movie. Yes. Oh, railway children. Yes, that's a. And yes, then, exactly. And then, and it is lovely. So. Yeah, doing the beep. Let, it's just a little. It's got to be quite light, repeated pressure on the on the horn. Yes, boss. it's not a blast. Yeah, you don't just don't just hold it down. It's a pip. It's a But I just I've never done it. And the other day, I can't even remember where I was. I was driving away from somewhere, and I was suddenly consumed with a desire to do it, and I stopped myself. But I was like, that's a. I've never been a beeper goodbye. Is it something that comes to you in older age that you suddenly go, oh, that'd be nice now, a little bit of light beeping. That'd say goodbye, Aww. wouldn't it? That'd leave them something to remember me by. Because I'm pretty sure that when people used to come and see my parents when I was a kid, there was a bit of... Because I grew up in a cul-de-sac. Yeah, me too. So quite often, people would be parked outside the house facing the wrong way so they'd go down to the end of the street turn around and as they back, went back past the house prime yeah. beep 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 <laughs> territory and you'd still be on the doorstep because it looks rude to go in in the time it takes them to turn around and go back past your house it does it does so you just have to stand there almost like the royal family on a balcony with your arms kind of just like like those good luck cats from japan just waving yes in a sort of metronomic way. It is, and then, true, and then, There it? they go, there they go. Bip, 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 bip. And you go, Wee! or even, do you know what combines well with the beep? Bip, 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 bip. It's got me the hand. Window, window down, down. And an arm out wave. Of, well, that's what I was going to say. There's your other option. Your other option is avoiding the horn. You, you mm. could do, if there's numerous people in the car as well, one person could have one job whilst the other does the horn. But I tend to favour now window down arm out mm. and the reason why i do this and this is very interesting is just to get a last minute bit of fresh air in before the windows have to go up for full aero so because you know i'm not going to be using the air conditioning so therefore no, no. it's a case of i just want to get a last gulp or to be mm. honest with you i mean the ultimate 80s cul-de-sac goodbye 
would be the mm. bib da bib bib, but also you'd have mm. a full sunroof and you'd put not one but oh. several people's arms out of the sunroof. Wouldn't that oh, be good? But hang on, it's the ACs. There's a good chance it's an aftermarket sunroof and it only tilts but doesn't slide. <laughs> So how are you getting? You're gonna to have to like snake arms, just, <laughs> or just your fingers just waggling out of the, the, the rear aperture. You, if you've got you a narrow off. elbow, you can get it out, but by yeah. Jove, you won't get or, it back or then, in. <laughs> it's not coming back in again, Dad. You're right. Yes, yes, I'm fine. Marjorie, get the goose fat. And then you can- my arms trapped in the, <laughs> in the aftermarket sunroof again. And then you've got to then you've got to get your passenger to indicate because your left hand, which operates most of the stalks on the on the steering column, is trapped with your elbow in the sunroof. So you go, could you just indicate for the, as we <laughs> come out of the drink? Please, just, just, can I go left here? Just indicate for me, would you please? Thank you. It's very no awkward. Need to make a fuss about it. Of course, some of those tilt-only sunroofs they did. You could take them out entirely, couldn't you? You could. I had a friend with an MG Metro who could do that. Mm. Um, but I think there's a problem here in the when you're friends of the family and you're going. Yeah. You needed to do that while you're putting the bags in the car, which is pre-in-person goodbye. Yeah. Because you can't have the whole family gather on the doorstep to wave you off and then you spend three or four minutes <laughs> faffing about putting a sheet of glass in a bag. <laughs> and then choosing That's which just, cassettes you're having for the journey, yeah, it's, which it's just, CDs. It's just awkward. Yeah. Are you actually going? Because we're going back in if you're not. Yeah, shit. Um, I, I thought work. this was goodbyes. It's not totally goodbyes. What have you it's gonna say? It's not goodbye. You're removing uh, you're going back in you need the toilet oh okay okay this is, this is awkward now uh yeah uh, it is do you know what you i have i've had so i didn't expect us to talk about this today i'm, I'm having such a deja vu of 80s like goodbyes from from mm. from house as, as the kid mm. it was absolutely right most people would park facing the end of the cul-de-sac and then have to do the sort of drive-by by Drive by bye. Yeah. Drive by bye. Yes. Drive by bye. Bye bye. Drive drive by bye. And um yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. But also if they had an interesting car, it would give you a second mm. look as a boy. Yeah. Who was in untrusted yeah. in cars. You'd have a second look. Yeah. Or they it would if it had a throaty exhaust, you'd you'd hear it a bit better because you'd get a full fly pass, wouldn't you? Yes. I'm just thinking Yes, which like my uncle <clears throat> Alwyn uh, a, a Volvo stalwart throughout the 80s and then suddenly out of left field got a BMW 5 Series. Oh, you said, I remember. Yeah. It sounded great. I think it was a 535, Ooh. an E34. It was nice, <clears throat> but um, it was something else my Uncle Alwyn used to do. He, uh, for some reason, he in the Volvos, the dashboard sort of lent itself to this. When he parked, he used to leave one of those soft, demisting dusters yes hanging over the stereo so people couldn't see the stereo <laughs> a duster over, like, the, over the fascia of the radio yeah but it's because i think the volvo dash had a kind of ledge above the stereo so it was very it allowed this curtain of cloth to hang in a in a natural way over the stereo i suppose the idea being that then thieves couldn't peer in and see if it had a stereo or what kind of stereo so they would be deterred from breaking in but it's just like i've never seen that done before or since no i thought you were going to say to stop the sun from heating up the top of the steering wheel or the dash but what he's doing or what he did was offer a veil of of temptation 
This is a veil of temptation now. Is the ice in car entertainment, is it, is it, is it nice? Is it classy? Or is it, is it just crap and nobody's interested? Well, it's the problem, isn't it? It looks, it's like an estate agent once said to me, I used to live in a <laughs> garden flat in London and next door had bars over their windows. And an estate agent said to me, oh, I wouldn't do that. It makes it look like you've got something worth stealing. Which to- to- I think is a fair point. Totally. Totally. You've got to be stealth with your security. Um, yeah. I, 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 have I done that? I mean, in the old, if, if, if you're a, a listener who's, I don't know, in your 20s, you will not understand the, the trauma of having to, uh, of, of radio in-car entertainment theft and CD theft, come to think of it. Yeah. People used to break into your car for the radio or, or for, the, for the music. Uh, yeah. Come to think of it, also or for sunglasses. So yes, because cars could be broken into with I don't know the key from a tin of sardines and a thimble, and so as a consequence, you had to do quite a lot of prep. I mean, nowadays, obviously, there's car theft and people smash windows to grab all sorts of stuff, handbags, etc. Mm. And um, so you, you don't want to leave anything on display. But back then, it was like you got to take the whole damn face off the radio, the face off stereo. We all remember had a. Mm. I still love walking into town or going to the, going to the pub with my mates if I was the designated driver with my car keys, and the face off, in the in, in the case. <laughs> I had the pioneer. I had the pioneer face off case. It was a badge of honour. You're like you got a face off. Yes, I have. You're absolutely right. And it's a pioneer. It's not shit. It's good. <laughs> the um, the stereo in my Defender is an aftermarket Pioneer, and that's still got a face off. Has I've it? I've got the little plastic. I've got the little plastic uh, face off wallet. What do you call it? Case. It is a it. it is a case. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've still got it. I've got it somewhere because I never take the face off, and uh, it, it it just seems like you know nobody really wants to steal a single din cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's easier to steal all of the doors of your Defender instead. Well, it is, yes. And, and frankly, the, oh, but all of the doors are probably worth more money as well. So they, I the stereo is just slim pickings. It is. It, did it, is that, was that actually the factory fit radio? Or did it not come with the no. radio? It's a weird thing, but those Defender Heritages didn't come with any kind of stereo. They came with speakers and pre-wiring, but th- no head unit. I think I remember I don't us, know why. I remember us having this conversation. It's a very odd... Um, option for a run out model yeah. that's going to be highly revered it's almost like they went you choose the def- well they sort of did i feel that's what it was you choose i mean the spec on that car is a bit odd because it's got heated seats but no stereo as standard and um it but the thing is it's good because it meant i could put a dab radio in which uh, at the time i think if you had a factory stereo in a defender it didn't come with that so it, yeah. it was actually it's a it was a good thing, but it's odd at the same time because I can't think of any other car that comes with no stereo anymore. Oh, except have you seen uh, these Toyota GR eighty sixes that come from Japan that are totally stripped out and they have no stereo and they come on black steelies? I have not. Is this so? Is this a this is an absolute base model? There's a name for them which I've now forgotten. I saw, in fact, there are some. Bear with me, caller. There are some for sale on. Not admitting. RC trim. RC stands for race competition. So obviously they're meant the way that you remember Evos and um, Impressors used to come like this. Yes. Because they assume you're going to put some 
you know rally or race spec wheels on it so they just come on cheapo black steelies yeah and then the funny thing is about these gr86s is that they are not actually mega stripped i guess because they are jdm spec so they still have air conditioning yeah that irritates and me they look right. <laughs> yeah, but you don't live in downtown Tokyo, do no, you? No, I don't. Even you would go, oh, I am a bit toasty now. I have had some yeah, they've people... they've got a massive blanking plate where the, you know, where the central screen should be. Because I suppose if you're going to build a proper competition car mm. from a new shell, mm. you, there, there's no point in sort of filling a bin with loads of brand new parts, is there? So it is, no, I, I, exactly. I like that. Wouldn't it be great if they did, R, is it called RC trim, did you call it? RC yeah. spec. Yeah. Imagine if you could buy quite a mundane car in RC. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Because I do wonder whether we're going back to that. I know we've talked about it before, about the... I just don't understand why manufacturers waste so much time baking in so much infotainment software into a car when it kind of is null and void within two years. And then you've got this really big, yes. heavy thing, which seems a bit like ancient compared to the phone in your pocket. Yeah, and I think some car makers like Renault with that last Twingo, the rear engine one, had the right idea, which is that your phone is the central screen. To- There's a mount for it totally. and a connection. Yeah. And... Um, you could even bring up, I think there was an app, there was a Twingo app, and if you brought that up on your phone, if it was plugged into the car, the car could even, you have gauges, you have a boost gauge and stuff on it. You I see, mean, there was a hilarious amount of lag like on the between what the car was doing and what the gauges were showing you, because the connection obviously wasn't that fast. But <laughs> it's a nice idea, all the same. It was, it was an 80s lag, are we talking like... It was turbo lag, but the turbo lag on the boost gauge rather than on the... On the actual engine. itself. Um, these GR86s with the RC spec, yeah. what's interesting is that the, the seats, they've got cloth seats, which you know, I think is great, but they're still quite buckety because I seem to remember those like, Evo 6s or 7s that were available like this. I think they just had like really basic chairs out of a, an ordinary Lancer because, again, they assume you're putting a proper racing seat in. Yeah, they're putting I a guess nice... there's no equivalent... There's no base model GR86 with like really flat, plain seats in it, so they've still got to give you a decent seat. So you could totally just drive this as a. As it's an like a taxi. Car, it's taxi spec. Like a G- the German cars used to have taxi spec. I know we talked about German taxis oh, yeah. the other week, and actually, yeah. funny enough, I've, I got back from Frankfurt last night. Oh yeah, on a, on a very quick job, 
Woke up in the, um, I got to the hotel next to the one of those airport hotels, got there when it was dark. Woke up, when I was going down for breakfast, noticed, I looked out the window, right next to the hotel was a piece of waste ground where there was obviously mm. a popular gathering spot for Frankfurtian <laughs> taxi guys. And wow. um, there was a, I don't know, 60 that horrible custody colour we were talking about, um, mostly Mercedes, all lined up. Yeah. Next to a hedge on a piece of waste ground, there was a scattering of cheap plastic um, garden chairs where they'd obviously been like meeting up to play cards or oh. whatever German taxi drivers do. And we also noticed that six of the drivers had got out their car and they were walking around all the cars, like doing a sort of basic exercise you know like in prison where they make you get up in the morning uh, go out yeah. and walk around the yard a few times almost doing that together as a little gang walking around but it makes sense yeah it's great it's great it's great it's great <clears throat> and i i was eight floors up so i didn't see in much detail but i was trying to work out how many drawstring tracky bottoms were were, were in there <laughs> <laughs> and it just all the real taxi driver basics like who's wearing drawstring tracky bottoms out of all those guys there might yeah. have been women there I, I i i most of the people i saw i'm pretty sure were guys but mm. um and also what's the sort of ratio of bo bearing in mind it's what half seven in the morning so have they done an all-nighter and they're just gonna they're yeah. just gonna push through and do the rush hour as well mm. or if they just come on shift and they're nice and fresh or if they just come on shift and they were running a bit late and they just didn't have time to wash and they're just going to go for a wet wipe job uh, you know center <laughs> console they know they've got a pack of wet wipes in there just in case of any chunder cats yeah. at night and they just think yeah so yeah, it was good to see. But they were doing these circuits, and I was thinking, who's who's chipped in and bought the um, and, and bought the garden furniture? Was it a sort of sweepstake? Was it a syndicate? It, yeah, maybe it's been handed down through generations of Frankfurtian cabbies. That <laughs> they that's like legacy garden furniture. It's been there since the the eighties. Yeah, it could have been, and it's all quite brittle and UV damaged, which we've all experienced. Oh, yeah. I've sat on some UV damaged plastic guard furniture before and i know it's gonna it's not just gonna bend it's, a bit it's just gonna perilous. go yeah it's yeah, gonna yeah. just oh, yeah, go you're past the bending point it's just yeah it's it's he's knackered um well i don't know i was going to ask how many mustaches there were but i guess you couldn't really see from where you were. <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't see but i could see it's, because i could see smoke there was some smoking mm. and okay we know uh, I, vaping, I just don't think vaping's much of a thing in Germany. I might be corrected on this by any better informed... You can informed still listeners. smoke indoors in Germany legally, can't you? I know a lot of places don't allow it, but I think it's it's not been prohibited the way that it has here. Yeah, is that right? I, I, I don't know the exact rules. All I know is, is my brother said to me recently, because he goes over to Germany every month for work, he said, smokers are still treated like adults in Germany. You've made your choice. You know the dangers. You know it's naughty. But you're going to keep toking anyway. And that's okay with you. Where he mm. said, there's no there's no strawberry-flavoured nonsense. It's all just <laughs> it's all just straight down the line. 20 fags. Boom. Yeah. Done. Um, 25. I remember when I used to smoke going to Germany and they sold packs of 25, which... Was, well, 
a novelty at the time but but the guy the guy i did anyway. the, the, the tvr barn fund that i talked about the other week which thanks to everybody that's left a comment in the in the youtube about maybe someone having a bit of a gooseneck in the uh <laughs> those words were not mine someone else's great video considering you had a gooseneck in the departure house. <laughs> 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 and <laughs> Um, <laughs> just awful, just awful. But the the old chap who owned the TVR, who helped us pull it out with his mini digger, he was eighty two. He was interviewed uh, on camera called mm. Nigel. He didn't look eighty two actually. I think he looked in really good shape considering he's been smoking since he was like seventeen. And um, he did forty cigs a day. Bloody hell! Four zero. And I just, I just kept looking at him throughout the day. Bear in mind, it was a very hot day, okay? And I was chugging water where possible. Because mm. um, I. Let me guess. I don't like being. And he must have had. Not a drop. <laughs> yeah, like if there was a little bit of sweat on his top lip and it <laughs> rolled into his mouth and he, it <laughs> yeah. was like the equivalent of research, research on the HVAC system. <laughs> We'd probably go, ugh, and just spit it out. Yeah. Ah, some moisture entered my body. How, That's no good. How can you smoke oh. almost nonstop, not drink any water and not either be dead or have a, just a chronic migraine? I just don't know. Exactly. The human body's there amazing. must have been no saliva in his mouth. Did he, did he click when he talked? It <laughs> <laughs> just, just dry mouth. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what That's, tortoises oh tortoises click they've got their sort of beak clicks sometimes when they're um, mm. when they're really going for it trying to eat something but maybe there's not a great deal of moisture going on yeah so yeah i don't know where i was going with that um no well um but heavy smoking heavy heavy uh, it, and german also being of a generation that renounces water as some kind oh, of proper we've talked work of evil I know it's been mentioned numerous times before, but T- Tiff Nadell, <laughs> the, 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 the disgust on his on his face when I when he used to see me drinking large bottles of water on set for Fifth Gear. What are you? What, what, you? It was it was just in his own words. It was like, what are you doing? Just such a waste of time because you're going to need to wee <laughs> that out in the next doing? half hour. I'm like, I know Tiff. That's the way the human body works. You've got to put stuff in. Stuff will then come out. That's the way but it on is. on a hot day, I mean, he must have got back to the hotel after a shoot, gone for a wee, and just like a, a solid orb of amber just came out. It's like one of those ones where they, you know, they, they keep, like, put spiders in them for display purposes. A lozenge. It making just a lozenge of amber. He he could whittle his own amber gear knob and, and sell it as Nidel post-race piss. Piss, piss amber. It's just, I'm just, piss yeah, amber. But something, no, I'm not having any water, I'm going to go lick this dust off a shelf. That's what I'm going to yeah. do. Just really dry myself out. You know, it's, I just... They don't give don't they give cows in fields blocks of salt to lick at certain parts of the year. I've seen that. I think a they big do. Big salt yes. block. Yeah, I might yeah. get Tiff one of those. Yeah. A big salty block. So when he's taking people on drift days, and he's been in the car for hours, yeah. refusing water <laughs> naturally. Yeah, of course. He uh, could just um, lick a little he, salty block. Or is it horses? Is it horses? Uh, they have sugar lumps, they horses, don't they? Well, uh, they, the horses of popular imagination. Are you supposed to give horses sugar lumps? I don't know. Don't Come to think of it, maybe Tiff is a horse because because the most of the favoured drinks when I worked with him, it was 
like and I've said this before, it was ideally a double espresso with a Red Bull chaser, no normal oh water, straight in the car, ten tenths, done. Amazing. Yeah. Whereas meantime, I mean, I'd be dilating seven centimeters after those two bad boys. Last thing I want to yeah. do is get in a BMW four series and try and light them up whilst <laughs> whilst the rest of my body's having none of it. Um, but that's what makes him him. <laughs> Um, I, ah, good. I, well, well, I'm glad we got that sorted I, again. Um, we need to just quickly go back to airport-related matters because I noticed this as well 24 hours ago. I've written down ill-fitting airport trousers. <laughs> I noticed that a huge amount of staff at Heathrow, security, uh, baggage check, all sorts we're talking about men as well they were all men in this instance mm. none of them seemingly were wearing trousers that fitted them and i just couldn't understand why <laughs> it's, it's, again it's one of those things where like i don't know you've gone on a camping trip and, and someone's thrown your bag into a river and you need to borrow someone else's trousers very <laughs> and you've just gone but rich the thing is is i'm i don't know like i'm 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 32 waist and you're 36 waist. Oh, and you're also significantly taller than me. Yeah, yeah, but this is all I've got. It doesn't matter. So put yeah, it on. Yeah. And then you put it on and there's just so much material <laughs> gathering around the bottom. And the, and you've had to fold over the waistband a bit and really crank up the, the belt to just kind of hold it together. It just doesn't look right. Do you remember when the Top Gear did the North Pole special where Jeremy and James drove to the Magnetic North Pole racing Richard on a dog sled. I do. And in, where did they meet? I didn't go on that one. It was in the place in Canada. Is it Resolute, maybe? They, they, it was the start point. And they were in the sort of hotel or hostely place wherever they were sleeping the night before they started. And they had this uh, Arctic survival expert guy on hand and I think it was James May who first noticed he had incredibly ill-fitting trousers. <laughs> and they they developed this theory because he didn't go with them. He was there to sort of train them beforehand and then to check if they had got, you know, all their kit right. And then he sort of waved them off. And they were like, so James hatched this theory that while they were gone, this bloke went through everyone's luggage and nicked their trousers. And he didn't care whether they were too big or too small. He just, he was just, just a, free trousers. A, a trouser squirrel. He just wanted to hoard all of the trousers. They never saw him wearing trousers that actually fitted properly, but... I don't know. Maybe some people hate shopping. Because, you know, when you go, if you ever go clothes shopping. Yeah. One of the worst things you have to do is try on trousers. Because it means you've got to remove your shoes first. And it's a fact, it isn't is. it? You just kind of go, ah. So maybe some people just go in the shop and they go, these look all right. And then they pay for them and take them. And then they don't fit properly, but they can't be asked to take them back. So that's it. You just, you've got to live with the wrong size trousers. Ill-fitting trousers. Yeah. But if you're wearing work trousers, as in it's like they're company-supplied trousers, they're basically company trousers, aren't they? Like you'd have a company car. Some people get company trousers. God, I've never thought of it like that. Company car, yes. Well, it's, it's sort of, yeah, company yeah. trousers, yeah, yes. the keys to you, yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's the thing. You know, sometimes people start a new job. They're entitled to a car. And they're thinking, oh, I'm going to get my new car. And what they do is they go, well, your car actually is going to take like nine weeks to arrive. So, But don't worry because someone's just left the company and you can have their old Vectra until your new car arrives. 
maybe these airport employees oh. like, no, your company trousers aren't ready but don't worry someone left last week and although he was a foot taller than you and incredibly thin you can wear his trousers <laughs> otherwise i don't understand <laughs> don't understand why. well unless why would you not have he throws tr- a trouser supplier they they they're all mislabeled so when you've got the job and they go, right, so what sort of shirt size are you on average? You'll go, oh, well, I'm like a 16 neck, um, long in the arm, kind of 42-inch chest. They'll go, right, okay. And they enter it into their system. But because it's all been mislabeled, because they, they got a job lot about 10 years ago and it's still a warehouse full of them. Or they just go through all the lost property that's been in there for t- more than two years, oh, and they just they rack yeah. it, they rack it all. They use a, a school lever, or a, I don't know, a board work experience person to just rack it all up. And they go, mm. "Okay, we've got a guy who says he's forty-two inch chest, long arms. Uh, what you got?" And he just goes, "Well, there's a shitload of holiday clothing. Uh, we need to pick something fairly plain." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just yes, your first day on security at Heathrow Terminal Three, and you're wearing a pair of pink tracky bottoms <laughs> with Orlando, Florida written down them. Do you know what? That doesn't set the right tone. That's perfect. I just thought that the whole lost property apparel would be perfect at a racetrack at a track day. You turn up at a track oh, day yeah. and you just go, "Look, I'm trying to do this on a budget." I haven't got a race suit, but I believe, you know, that in the spirit of trying to encourage people into the spout, um, we can get there. There might be a basket full of stuff. I can have a rifle through. You get there, and it's just full <clears throat> camel toe central uh, race race suit syndrome. You put it on, you just go, I basically can't even lift my shoulders because I'm going to just cheese wire my downstairs. <laughs> so, therefore, <laughs> you have to drive and walk around like you've got extremely bad back. Like Jules Holland, you have posture like Jules Holland. Oh, just so that you can. <laughs> you've been hunched over playing honky tonk piano for your whole life. And yeah, yeah, so just so that your Nomex kind of passes scrutineering and you can get, or scrotumeering and you can get in the car and <laughs> drive it. Um, there's, there's always the possibility that Heathrow's head of uniform simply does not listen and just. You go, yeah, so I'm, yeah, and I'm 42 chest, uh, so 32 inside leg and 32 waist. And they just go, yeah, whatever. Just gives you... <laughs> like, I'd, a mate of me used to have this uh, this, jo- this joke about the, uh, going into a pub. You know, like a sort of class- classic after-work drink. Everyone goes to the pub for some reason. It's someone's birthday or something like that. And a generous boss goes up to the bar and goes, right, what's everyone ha- having? And... But we always used to have this joke. I thought it was, it was kind of like a sketch almost that we'd come up with where he's going, okay, so yeah, gin and tonic, a uh, glass of white wine, uh, just, oh, just want like mineral water. Yeah, okay. And um, yeah, glass, another glass of white wine, uh, pints of bitter. Yeah, okay. And uh, rum and Coke. Yeah. And, and, and a gin and orange. Okay. Yeah. And then just turn to the barman and go, 18 pints of lager, please, mate. <laughs> and this, <laughs> this, this, for some reason, this used to amuse us. They just go, there you go. I didn't order that. No fucking having it. We've got ordered 18 pints of lager because I don't give a shit. And I wasn't listening to your complicated orders. And that's probably the head of Heathrow Clothing as well. Just go, I, I didn't hear any of the numbers you said. Here, I've got you these extra large tracky bottoms that we found <laughs> left in the ladies' loo <laughs> last week. 
I really hope this is the on. case. You, you the, need to get out there and wave those little illuminated sticks around to make a 737 come into the terminal, the, correct? The no- <laughs> what, but meanwhile, your trousers are falling down. Your trousers are falling bit. down. <laughs> <laughs> Leading to an accident with an aircraft because you had to hold your trousers up with one hand so you couldn't wave your little paddle things around. The <laughs> one just went in and it caught the side of the wing on a building. I'm really sorry, mate. I'm really sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's my trousers. I've just had to, I've hold, had to hold a belt loop up so I could only use one hand and meantime the bloke's doing a bit left hand down on the Boeing and just clonk, clonks into part of the gantry oh god this has just reminded me of many years ago I went to a wedding where the photographer was incredibly <laughs> late he arrived just before the bride when he was supposed to have been there beforehand to you know, take lots of you know nice scene setting pictures and the groom looking nervous at the front and all that stuff oh my gosh and he came clattering into the church and then rather just sort of crack on he insisted on sort of making a speech to the whole congregation, apologising for his lateness. And it was like, just making it worse, mate. Stop it. Stop speaking and shut up. Just take pictures. And then, then his trousers fell down. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. He was he was so hot and flustered. And he'd got like a camera over each shoulder. I think he had a tripod. In my head, he had a stepladder as well, but I might be imagining that. And I think he'd come on the bus with all of his kit. So he was incredibly hot and sweaty. Oh. And he was an older chap. Oh, but then he was like, oh, sorry, sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, I do apologise. Yeah, I pride myself on my professionalism. I always prompt. But unfortunately today, just the look wasn't with me. And I do apologise. I am never normally late. And I do apologise. Just, 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 yeah, just take the pictures. That's all you're supposed to do. And then he sort of turned around to go up to the front of the church. <laughs> His trousers came down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It sounds like something. It sounds like some sort of comedy sketch from, like, I know. Vic and Bob. It was a bit. The office it or felt something. Like it was, yeah, yeah. No, it's like I mean, they didn't like. It wasn't like round his ankles, but they came down <laughs> enough that you <laughs> could see thigh, and he's desperately clawing at his waistband to pull them up again. Stop <laughs> it! Stop it! Yeah, no, it's, Stop it's, 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 it's you know things that will live with you for oh, to your dying gosh. day, and that is one of them. The the oh. late photographer with the comedy trousers. Um, Right, it's a well, bit like um, scrutineering. People that do scrutineering and aren't haven't really read up on the new rules, so they're just sort of constantly winging it. I had a. I'm not going to name when and where, but I have <sighs> had that before in a race situation where quite an old chap, should we say, uh, came to look at the car and you got your helmet and you got your race suit, etc., etc., mm. and. Um, basically just had no idea what he was looking at i might as well have just i might as well have just walked up with a huge statue of a giraffe and just plonked it there and just gone right there you go go right okay so um is it your car yeah it's my car yeah okay have you did you build it i said well i some partially but a lot of it was professionally done okay uh, just walk, he, he basically craned his head in through the driver's door, looked up at the roll cage, and just tapped it with the sort of the ring, one of the one of the rings on his finger, tap, ting ting. Yeah, that's made of metal. Okay. Metal, good. Yes, not just bog rolls. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then sort of grabbed hold of the um, the bucket seat in the driver's seat and shook it a little bit, but not too much, just a little bit, <laughs> just a real kind of. And I I looked at my mate Nick, who was my kind of crew man, and basically went, "What the fuck." And he just looked at me back with just no blinking. You know, like, you don't blink for ages. And it's yes. just like, what's going on? Let's just get through this. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
what I just I have to ask by the way, what's this? You sent me this picture of the, there's a new version of Find Another. There out is, there. there is a new version. You've got a. This is important announcement. Find Another is not the only term. Uh, no. There's a great pretender. Again, it's ca- for full effect. It's caps lock. Um, of course, it has <clears> to be caps lock if you're going stride. This has yeah. been sent to me by um, a listener called Jack Mortimer via Instagram. Ah, and Jack has taken a screen grab of a Toyota Celica GT from. Uh, it's a '90s mm. one. No, it's an '80s one. '88. Yeah, in, it's that really nice arrowy one that that was quite pretty, it, but it's also it's a later one with. I think they looked a bit neater. They, so they it's did. A nice car. It's an 88 on the E. It's 143,000 miles, two litre. Ooh. It, and there's obviously room in the classified ad to write some descriptives about the car. What, yeah. Richard, can you please tell me what this one says? It says, well, from the top, it's, it's 5999. Quite strong money, but I suppose, you know, and there's, there's a reason for that, which is highlighted in the one line. <laughs> Toyota Celica, two-litre GT, three-door. Will not find one again. <laughs> I love that. Will not find one Will again. Will not find one again. I mean, grammatically, that takes some dismantling. It's in sort of... <laughs> Will not. There's, I, I, you will not would have, but it's just will not find one again. It sort of broadens it out that none of us will. Not me. No, not you. Not anybody. Not anyone. Not anyone. Will not find one again. I'd understand it quest. if this chap was a sort of a detectorist and he just found an exceptionally large, complete skeleton of a medieval, not medieval, prehistoric sword, swordfish, and go. You will not find another like this. They just they just won't happen. Yeah. But a professor, yeah. What what is it? Will not find one again. Will not find one. Maybe again. this is. I don't know. I, I was going to go and see that new Indiana Jones film at some point. Perhaps it's a line from that that he says it. I don't know. I was just going to look up and see if oh. uh, I could find that ad because it's actually on Autotrader. But I don't, yes, it's still here. <gasps> oh, it's a nice looking car. This, but I wanted to read the rest of the ad. Don't. No, oh, it's from a dealer, I believe, because yep. it said, we, we are proud to present this very rare future classic car. <laughs> the next line's a doozy. Those who know about the vehicle will definitely appreciate its presence. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what it means. The two-door car is now exclusive, and it's the one an enthusiast would love to have in their collection or start to build a collection. Are you Joe? Are you making that bit up? No, I think it feels like it's been written by AI or something. It does. It's I think. I think sli- it's, everything's slightly off. This is our first example of AI classified writing. You're you're totally right. Interesting. What do you mean the two door well, is the one to have? It's like it's a Celica. Well, it says the two door car is now exclusive. I don't know what that means. As in, there's no, there are no other ones left. But but there are though. That's just well, there must be. <laughs> there, I mean, there are. I, I wonder if uh, actually there aren't any other old Celicas on the. Uh, I can see. But anyway, well, that's not the point. No, it's not the point. It's, I mean, the thing is <clears throat> that I suppose if you are one of those classic dealers that writes a 9,000-word essay about the whole history of the motor car in the run-up to describing, uh, I mean, it's usually like a triumph of claim or something, isn't it? But yes. then AI could probably help you, save you a lot of time, because you, you won't have to write the same dreary essay. You just get a computer to do it, and then you can add a bit of flourish at the end. Um, with the details, like, I like- it was purchased new by Mr. Stephen Crivens, and he's oh fuck off, I'm not interested. Um, anyway, I 
I was going to see. I'm just. I, you see, I, I remember that chap at the live show who said that when he saw "Find Another" in an advert, he very pointedly went <laughs> went and indeed found some more and just to what, be able to bargain the price. And what, down. And just emailed the link straight to the people. Yeah, and um, oh gosh, I was just wondering if it, 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 two minutes of searching can find another one of those Salikas. Well, that's when you employ the no. services of Saranoff. Oh, yes, Saran- look, Saranoff there's one here. Find another. So, Saranoff. Saranoff, find another. He's, he jumps There's one here, on. but it is only a 1.6, because that one's a two-litre, and it's, it's slightly earlier. Don't I'm give sure him, don't give him anyway. that ammo, because he will go, yeah, as I just said, you will not find Ooh. another again. No, there's, okay, there's a couple more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's, there's, they're out there. That's, yeah, find another. Okay. They're not extinct. I, I have. No, they're not. Oh god, there's a cabrio one here. Yeah, that was. Do you remember the cabrio? Yeah, I do. Wasn't that Japanese only? Japanese import only? No, they briefly sold it here, and it was insanely expensive, so nobody bought one. But there is actually one here for sale. It's a UK one. Wow. Um, it actually says now they've mm, they've held off from find another. This advert's just gone with. There are very few of these in the UK. Oh, do you like the? But do you was, like the term? Uh, exceptional example of the mark i do really like <laughs> no, example it's of, incredibly <laughs> example of the mark is one of my favorite descriptives of a vehicle <laughs> i do very much enjoy example because my brother uses it in outside of the car world now because it's just uh, one of those oh. brotherly things that we do right so he has actually said it before or if if a, if a very attractive lady walks past and he'll he's somebody he, we've see. turned to yeah. one another and i've raised an eyebrow and a roger <laughs> moore go exceptional example of the mark now look uh, <coughs> we should wrap this up not least because y- y- you and i are supposed to be on a call with something uh, about something else uh, oh um, are we sugar plum fairy yeah so that's fine so we need to wrap this up but before we go i have three things to tell you quite quickly in fact uh, they are one johnny has a solo youtube channel it's called the suffocate your grace show oh in which johnny attempts to slip a plastic bag over the head of the archbishop of canterbury <laughs> uh, this week he's lurking around outside lambeth palace <laughs> with a tatty tesco bag for life recently used to carry some wellies uh, if that's not to your taste there's always the late break show lots of excellent videos about cars and people who love them and um, barn finds uh, We've got a car, car cave. Got a car cave. Um, we've got we've got a lovely All car cave, and we've got a lovely. Depending on when this goes out, we've got a, a very nice, sweet, sweet twin barn find with my brother. Sweet, off of Greg sweet Smith barn find and all that. Uh, so uh, there's that. Uh, secondly, uh, it's Goodwood Week, and we will be at the Festival of Speed on Thursday and Friday, possibly a bit of Saturday as well. We're not sure, but we are filming for Goodwood themselves. Uh, on Thursday and Friday, so we'll be around uh, and debate on the site. If you see us there, come over and say hi, or don't shout abuse. If well, you want, we, we might, we might, camera. maybe we'll bring some decals with us, some sort of rogue decals. Yes, we've got loads of those bloody stickers that we uh, made to give away, and so the, we ordered about a million by mistake. So uh, <laughs> yes, sidle over to us and say otsot or similar, and we will give you a sticker. Say find another. Say find another. Find another is another one. And we'll just go. Okay, <laughs> yes, so we'll give you a sticker. A and go find another oh yeah there's loads um and the third thing i've got to tell you is uh, you know uh, baloo in jungle book yes the bear yes um do you know how he got his name no i mean it, it's got to be something to do with a balloon surely but no it's um baloo is hindi for bear oh is it 
Yeah. Gosh, um, um, it's actually spelled differently. B H A A L O O. It would be the spelling in Hindi, but it's the same pronunciation. So yeah, Baloo just means hin- bear in Hindi. I really like this part of the podcast because you actually furnish listeners with information. Whereas I'd say the sort of last fifty nine minutes or so. <laughs> yes, it's almost just—it's it's just, just compensating people for sitting through it's all the rest just been of it. Yeah. Pure awful. All right. Well, anyway, that's quite enough of this for now. Uh, we will do it all again next week. Probably uh, we'll record something at or near Goodwood, and hopefully we'll see some of you there. But until then, goodbye. Find another mugs, t-shirts, stickers. Mugs, t-shirts, stickers. Mugs, t-shirts, stickers. We might do hats soon, we haven't decided. This may come as a surprise. But Smith and Sniff have merchandise. You won't believe your eyes. Smith and Sniff have merchandise. Sadly, we don't do pies. But Smith and Sniff have merchandise. One day we might sell ties. Smith and Sniff have merchandise. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.